the white jade seal by h bedford jones from short stories from short stories magazine february 25th 1924 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org read by dale grothman the white jade seal by h bedford jones one garvin mouthing his cheroot in the smoking-room idly fingered the white jade seal that depended from his watch-chain this seal was an odd thing garvin himself was odd most singular of all however was the fact that the man sitting on garvin's left should have laid down his book at this precise instant thus catching sight of the jade seal if you are at all intimately acquainted with the line of mail-boats running from india to rangoon you have heard some queer tales none of them surpasses the story of the white jade seal when it comes to queerness however garvin was tall dark bearded and silent his eyes darkling with hidden fires the man on his left was small spectacled rather chubby yet with a mouth that expressed unreasonable determination a regular trap mouth in fact garvin's look spoke of the far hills and jungle those of the other man of cities and clubs the latter was down on the passenger list as john manning commercial traveler beastly hot night said manning the instant after he had laid down his book garvin gave him a swift glance found him cherubic and smiling and nodded gravely very frank manning nodded and gave his order for garvin had previously beckoned a boy presently the drinks came the glasses were touched and sipped manning mopped his brow which had suddenly become finely beaded with perspiration devilish country he said impulsively glad i don't have to stay in it you look as though you don't mind though garvin smiled slightly i don't it's good country for men up in the hills the hills manning turned toward him with voluble interest did you hear about that horrible affair up country rangoon papers were full of it this last week i don't call that a good country i call it beastly i read a little something about the details but not very much these two chaps who murdered each other i mean or one of them murdered the other which was it garvin mouthed his cigar then took it out and carefully inspected it one gained the distinct impression that he was trying not to look startled you have it wrong he said slowly and steadily you misunderstood the reports that is if you refer to the case of smithson and ormsby that's the one affirmed manning eagerly those two mining chaps you know who had been up in the shan country looking for gold or tin or something they'd been gone a long while given up for dead by everyone until this story came out oh yes rubies that was it they were after rubies i swear i had an idea that one of them had murdered the other perhaps i read the story amiss some chap brought down the yarn found the bodies or something who was he 
I was the chap, said Garvin. Manning strained around, staring at him blankly. You? Garvin nodded. Yes, you see, I happened to run across Ormsby's boy in the hills, dying. He had been captured by the hill tribes and escaped. He told me the whole thing. If you'd be interested in learning what really happened. Oh, yes, yes, exclaimed Manning. His eyes fell for an instant on the white jade seal. Yes, do tell me. Let's have the boy fill the glasses again, eh? Garvin nodded, and the boy came. When he had filled the orders and gone again, Garvin composedly told his story. It's not much of a yarn, though the newspapers played it up, he said when the boy was out of earshot. The two chaps got in trouble with the hillman, and had to run for it. Finally, the beggars surrounded them on a hill. They held out for a week until their last cartridges were used up, and then were rushed. After I heard about it, I went there, found the place, and buried their bones. So that's the whole thing. Not as you had it. Oh, said Manning, disappointedly. So that's the way of it. Exactly, said Garvin, and puffed at his cigar. His fingers toyed with the white jade seal, and Manning leaned forward and looked at it, frankly enough. That's a curious thing. May I see it? Garvin started slightly, then laughed and held up the seal. It was a trifle over an inch long, a long cube of white jade with a gold ring sunk in one end. On the other end was a cut Chinese inscription in tiny characters. It's melee, isn't it? asked Manning innocently. Garvin laughed at that. Oh, no, Chinese. I picked it up in the Singapore Bazaar two years ago. It's a seal, you know. The ideographs mean good luck, or something of the sort. Odd thing, said Manning, then picked up the book and rose. Well, I'll say good night, and thanks very much for the story. Queer how I got it so jumbled. Night, said Garvin. Manning left the smoking room. He made his way to the upper deck and there stood for a moment at the rail. Then, deliberately, he flung his book overboard and watched the splash in the phosphorescent rush of water alongside. It was a gesture as though he had finished with something forever. Drawing a deep breath, he turned aft and went to the purser's cabin, at which he knocked. The purser was splitting a bottle of beer with the first officer, and Manning crowded into the little cabin and sank on the bunk. "'Greetings and long life, old son!' exclaimed the purser cheerfully. "'Mac, reach him down another bottle!' "'And then go turn in, like a good little boy,' said Manning solemnly. The first officer collared a bottle of beer and went to the door. "'I wouldn't drink with two bad eggs like you anyhow,' he declared, and then grinned as he departed. John Manning seemed to be rather well known aboard here. Now, old son, spit it out, said the purser, wiping his mustache. Here, I say, what's it all about? Buck up, buck up. This won't do. Manning was leaning back in the bunk, looking whitish and rather ill. He smiled faintly, and then his trap mouth set in two lines again, and he sat up. 
after gulping down some beer he accepted a cigarette and lighted it you know that chap garvin tall bearded tan brought in that story from the hills that was in all the rangoon papers last week i said the purser cautiously well you have a nasty job to do for me will you for you as the owner-in-chief of this bally steamship line demanded the purser or for you yourself damn the steamship line said manning for me myself with the same old streamers that you're wearing on your manly chest old son i'll do murder for you said the purser not for you as owner mind to hell with the owners off duty but you and me and that brother of yours say say now i'd cut off my right hand to have him here with us over the beer do you mind that night when the three of us was in a gallipoli trench and we had a bottle of beer shut up and listen to me said manning you're drunk this minute two garvin had enjoyed a rubber of bridge and was about ready to turn in for the night when the purser came into the nearly emptied smoking room and flopped down into a chair beside garvin the purser was drunk obviously so the row of campaign ribbons on his breast was always askew when he was drunk he called for a drink blinked at garvin and then began to laugh old son funniest thing happened tonight he said funniest thing you ever heard suppose i shouldn't talk about it but who cares you're all right sparks told me about it poor kid he'll have half the calcutta police out to meet us excited he is you and me are pals what here's how and many to come garvin nodded and the glasses tinkled the purser thirstily emptied his glass at a gulp what oh yes funniest thing ever here it is now feller on board here who murdered some chap up country understand shot him in the back or somewhere robbed him then grew a beard and came down to rangoon and came aboard with the loot funniest thing ever here's how garvin gulped a little lifted his glass mechanically the purser cursed his own empty glass noisily summoned the boy and presently began to talk again this feller name is ormsby understand had a thing he took off the man he murdered don't understand myself something particular it was jade or something and today or tonight sometime he got talking with somebody and this other chap saw this thing and popped onto the game right oh police chap this chap was understand damn complicated thing to talk about oh yes i remember now murdered man's name was smithson and now the wireless is signaling for the calcutta police funny thing wireless when you stop to think about it now i remember one time back where was it oh yes back in the old bp line you know it out of the australian ports garvin raised to his feet walked away suddenly and was gone the purser stared vacantly after him then rose and also left the smoking room but with a surprisingly steady step 
when he had returned to his own cabin the purser found manning still there quietly smoking did it old son though for the life of me i can't see just what your game is letting on to that rotter that you're a police chap a knock sounded at the door and sparks stepped in the young wireless officer who was new to the line gave manning one curious glance and then shoved back his cap and looked at the purser see here i just got a message in from rangoon for a chap named smithson no one by that name aboard the old hooker the purser waved his hand genially toward manning right here yar mr smithson god save the mark he owns most of this ruddy steamship line old son and i've no respect for him at all devil a bit but you'd better have plenty down under his placid exterior he has brains somewhere shut up said manning looking at sparks where's the message here sir said sparks awed into belief he handed over the message and left the cabin manning spread out the slip on his knee and at his invitation the purser crowded over to read the words smithson s s hullagoo little known of garvin here said came overland from yunan explorer rangoon times i sent the times a request to look him up this evening but sent a personal call to the editor and only signed my first name said manning in explanation well loosen up said the purser what's your game now if what you think is so why not call the police why give him warning what's the jade thing manning smiled slightly you're venerable bald-headed and senile do you remember the taiping rebellion in china heard of it why my grandfather was in it a friend and adviser of the taiping emperor when my grandfather came home the taiping emperor gave him a jade seal a small private imperial seal for personal letters nothing like it could possibly exist in duplicate my brother bob carried it as a lucky token also in case he got up into china and needed any help last letter i had from him before digging off with ormsby he mentioned it so this chap garvin lied about it nobody knows much what ormsby looked like but this thing gave his game away the purser whistled at this bully and you're wrangling him at the strength of it but look here what'd you expect to get out of it suppose you and me go down there and arrest the blighter for the murder of your brother what cool down and open another bottle of beer said manning and shut off that electric fan being a purser and at one time a naval brigade officer it's natural you should have no brains we'll try to instruct you the purser shut off the buzzing electric fan and sudden silence fell broken only by the monotonous twang of the engines in this silence the two men drank their beer manning complacent and alert the purser sadly puzzled and wondering suddenly something jarred into the night a muffled vibration lifted through the ship with an exclamation the purser sprang to his feet that's a shot somewhere below exactly said manning coolly 
Also, that's the end of the story. The End of The Jade Seal by H. Bedford Jones